well. I understand that time is your most precious and valuable commodity. Amen. And so I don't want to misuse or take advantage of it. But what is what is investing a couple hours into, into making it to heaven for an eternity? Amen. And so I didn't come here um, on a schedule. Maybe you came and you were going to get out of here by a certain time. And maybe we will get out of here by that certain time. Amen. I don't know. But... I didn't, I didn't condense the notes that I don't have to be 30 minutes. And I didn't expand them to be an hour and a half. I just prayed, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. Amen. It is a great honor to be here and preach to this wonderful church tonight. And, and don't, don't let the devil lie to you. This is an amazing church. <laughs> I don't want to get off on a rabbit trail, but, you know, the devil likes to highlight everything that's going wrong. Don't take this church for granted. Amen. Don't, just because a human got in the flesh and showed their humanity, don't get all self-righteous like you've never done it. And get to acting like you need to find a different church because so-and-so goes to that one. Oh, Jesus. We're already preaching tonight. I don't know if you know it, but... Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. I'm thankful for the confidence that, that your pastor, which is my dad, has in me. But he didn't leave Matthew here to preach, so here we go. Amen. I love my little brother. He did wonderful tonight leading worship. I love each and every, yeah, amen. I love each and every one of you. Thank you for being at church on a midweek service, amen. Okay, Romans chapter 7, Romans the 7th chapter. Thankful that my parents were able to get away for a brief break. They needed it, amen. Thank you for being here in their absence. Romans chapter 7, let's start at, Verse 21, actually. I think I gave them verse 19, but let's start at 21. The Bible says, I find then a law when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched devil that he is, who shall deliver me from the clutches of his mischief? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but because of the devil, I serve the law of sin. Did y'all notice that I switched to the ACG revised version right then? Y'all know what the ACG revised version is? That's when King James is revised by the American churchgoer. Amen. Lord, help us today. Amen. We may visit the ACG Revised a couple of times tonight. Amen. By the help of the Holy Ghost, 
I want to preach for just a few moments. The devil made me do it. Or maybe the devil didn't make you do it. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, why don't you lift up your hands and let's pray that the Lord would help each and every one of us. In the name of Jesus, God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for speaking to us tonight, Lord. I pray that you would touch every individual that's here, God. That you would anoint us, that you would anoint our ears to hear your word, anoint our hearts to receive it, our minds to understand it, God. Don't let us leave the way we came, God, but change us tonight before we get out of here. In the name of Jesus, clap your hands to the Lord. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. I found out on Monday afternoon that I was preaching tonight. I went to prayer meeting on Monday night. And... In the last 10 minutes of prayer meeting, the Lord began to deal with me about what I'm going to preach tonight. I knew that it was for this church. As a matter of fact, I knew so powerfully that it was for this church that I had somebody preach for me last night so that I could focus solely on this service. Amen. I did not want to, I didn't want to, to, to get confused in what the Lord was dealing with me about. So I was talking to my dad and my mom as after, after the Lord had dealt with me about the message. And, and I told my dad, I said, I feel like the Lord gave me a word for your church. And I've said that to him many times when he'd asked me to preach. And he never asked what it is. And I said, I feel like the Lord gave me a word for your church. He said, really, what is it? <laughs> well, that's not exactly what I was expecting. I said, well, I feel like I'm going to preach, the devil didn't make you do it. And my mom gave me this look. And she said, you're kidding, right? I said, no, I'm, I'm dead serious. The Lord, the Lord dealt with me about it. I've got to preach it. And she said, you're joking, right? I said, no. She said, did you listen to Sunday morning? No. So, well, anyway. So, I'm just giving you a disclaimer. Number one, I didn't know Brother Shrek Heist was going to be here. I thought, I thought your pastor was going to be preaching on Sunday morning. Number two, I didn't know he was going to be here, so I sure didn't know what he was going to preach. Number three, even after I, I, I disclosed this and they told me basically I'm about to preach what he preached, I still didn't go back and listen and make notes off of his sermon. So I may go listen tomorrow to see how closely aligned it is. But for right now, I want God help me right now. <laughs> Amen. But for tonight, I'll just go ahead and tell you, I didn't listen to Sunday morning. I listened to God in a prayer meeting. And I'll give you a scripture for it. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every matter be established. Amen. Amen. So there's two things at work here. Okay. Either somebody was supposed to be here Sunday morning and missed it, and you're here tonight, and you haven't listened to Sunday morning either, or God felt like this is so important that you need to hear it again. Amen. 
So, amen. So I, I'm, I'm just going to tell you before I dive into the word. If I get to preaching and you feel like you're hearing Sunday morning on repeat, which I've not heard, so I don't know. Don't tune it out. Because if you really knew it as well as you thought you knew it, God wouldn't have me preach it tonight. Amen. In the name of Jesus, let's dive into the word of God. In the book of Isaiah, the Bible says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cast down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee. And consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof, that opened not the house of his prisoners? Let's dive into what we know about the devil first. Amen. The first thing we know about the devil from the book of Isaiah is that when he's finally revealed, everybody's going to squint to look at him. Name of Jesus. Because he's not the big bad wolf with the three prong, whatever it is, and the tail and, 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 and horns. No, the Bible says that everybody that looks in the pit at him, they're going to squint their eyes and be like, Is this really the guy that did all this? Amen. And so I, I don't want you to get your perception of Satan. Out of whack. Amen. I, I don't want you to think that he's like, he, he's, he's the Grinch and, and, and he's some big bad monster that can just take you over and make you do something. That's hogwash. Amen. God help us tonight. When he's finally revealed, people are going to be like, really? Is this really the guy? Amen. Okay, let's, let's dive into a little bit more. In the book of Job, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence cometh thou? Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro. Everybody say to and fro. To and fro in the earth and from walking up and down. Everybody say up and down. Up and down in it. And the Lord said to Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Amen. First, let's dive into the, the, the to and fro and the up and down. Satan is not omnipresent. Amen. Amen. He is not ever present with you like God is. Amen. Point number two. Even Satan asked God, does Job fear you for nothing? Amen. There is, there is blessing and there is benefit to fearing God and to living for Him and to walking in righteousness and to eschewing evil. In the name of Jesus. What is one of those benefits? He, Satan himself said, Hast not thou made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Amen. 
The second thing you need to understand about Satan from this text is that when God puts a hedge about your life, Satan can't get to you. Amen. Amen. Something else you need to understand about the devil. The Bible says, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Amen. You need to understand that when you get the revelation of the mighty God in Christ. Amen. He ain't Jehovah Junior, but he's God Almighty manifest in the flesh. Walking around the Bible says, yeah, the devils believe that too. And it terrifies them. Amen. When, when the, in, in Matthew chapter 16, when Jesus, he asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? And they begin to spout off answers. And, and the fact of the matter is, is you can go through this scripture, but if it doesn't really matter, okay? I'm preaching to the church right now. It doesn't really matter who Jesus is to everybody else. Amen. Because he dials the question in and he focuses it in. He says, okay, Who do you say that I am? Amen. And so just because mom and daddy have a revelation of the oneness of God, or just because Uncle Joe or Aunt Sally has a revelation of the oneness of God, doesn't get you anywhere. It's time for you to learn for yourself who Jesus Amen. Why is that so important? Because when Simon Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, he said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto me, unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You need to understand the devil has a revelation of the oneness. And when the church gets a revelation of it, the gates of hell are powerless against the church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. And so, so there's, there's almost a, 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 a mystification and a glorification of hell and of Satan. Amen. Everybody's afraid of the devil. Amen. Why are you afraid of the devil? When he's finally revealed, everybody's going to look at him and be like, really? And so you need to get a perception. You need to see in the spiritual before he's revealed in the natural. You need to get a spiritual perception of just who you're dealing with and get to understand. I don't have to run around in fear. of this is because 70 of the disciples that Jesus sent out to preach 
When they got back, they were so shocked and they were like, Jesus, even the devils are subject unto us through your name. And he said, that's not even something to be excited about. You need to be excited that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And so there's, there's no reason for you to be afraid. There's no reason for you to be scared. God, help us tonight. And I understand that, 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 that fear is part of the fallen human condition. And, and Satan likes to play on it. But the Bible says God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Everybody say sound mind. He gave you a spirit of power. Ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He gave you a spirit of power. Amen. He also gave you a spirit of love. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples. By your love one for another. He didn't give you a spirit to love him. He gave you a spirit to love one another. But he didn't stop at power and love. He gave you a spirit of a sound mind. Well, I I, I think this is the most overlooked aspect of the Holy Ghost. That people have. Amen. They, they, they get a hold of the power. They get a hold of salvation. Maybe they even get a hold of love. But there are far too many people in the apostolic church in 2023 that are walking around and their mind is, is like a hurricane and a tornado. And an earthquake and a volcano. And, and, and you, you don't know whether you're coming or going left, right, east, west, north. You have no idea. And you think that you're supposed to live like that. God did not give you the spirit of confusion. Satan is the author of confusion. God gave you the spirit of a sound mind. And so I, I, I want you to understand that Satan has a, a very, very limited amount of power. Amen. And, and I also want you to understand that that limited amount of power is not anywhere close to the power that you got when you received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Oh, no. Oh, no. In the name of Jesus. Amen. But, okay, because I'm, I'm, I'm not preaching like, like he's never done anything to throw anybody off, okay? Because that's unrealistic too. Amen. The devil has devices. Everybody say devices. Okay, he has devices. He has methods that he uses. Okay? So let's look at some of those methods. Okay, the book of First John chapter 2. Verse 15, the Bible says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. 
If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world. Everybody say all. All, all that is in the world. Okay? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passed away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Okay, Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. Which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened. God help us. And ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Amen. He's got devices. Okay. And when the woman saw, everybody say saw. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, the lust of the eyes. And that it was pleasant to the eyes. We're still in the lust of the eyes. Amen. No, it's good for food. Sorry, sorry. It's good for food first. The lust of the flesh. Okay. That's my mistake. Got ahead of myself there. The lust of the flesh. It's good for food. Okay, it's going to taste good when I eat it. Fulfilling my flesh. Okay. And it was pleasant to the eyes. The lust of the eyes. And a tree to be desired to make one wise. The pride of life. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat. Amen. Satan has devices. He used, this is what's amazing. Eve is a perfect human creation in the garden. No sin, no fallen, only choice. Everybody say choice. Choice. The only way that Adam and Eve can fall is by choice. Okay, and so what does he do? He appeals to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And Eve chose to partake of the fruit and eat it. Okay, so I've said this to my church. Hey, I got people from my church here. Amen, it's good. Carl and Patricia and Sister Donna, we love y'all. Amen. Okay, so they've heard me say this. Maybe you haven't. If Satan had the power to overcome you and make you sin... He would not have come as a serpent. He would have come as a gorilla. He would have hogtied Eve, plucked the fruit himself, and shoved it down her throat. You know why he came as a serpent? Because he doesn't have the power to make you fall. glory well glory amen and so we've got to understand that that hell and 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 it's and it's minions and satan himself they don't have the power to come to you especially not as a repented jesus name baptized holy ghost filled child of god He sure don't have the power to get a hold of you. 
and take you and drag you through the mud and drag you into sin and drag you back into your past and can, can I say it how I feel it right now? Drag you back to pills and drag you back to a bottle. And, amen. Amen. He don't have the power to do that. He has devices. You have the power to do that. And he uses his devices to help you make the wrong choices. And so now we come to the crux of the matter. Because a lot of people live their life making mistakes. God forbid perpetually or habitually making mistakes. And, and they get this, this mindset that the devil made me do it. Amen. How many times have you heard somebody say that? You know, they, 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 somebody pulls out in front of them and they lay on the horn and flip them off and go to screaming and cussing and they're apostolic so-called. And, and, and then when, 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 when condemnation starts to set in, they well, the devil made me do it. No, he didn't. The blood flowing in your veins made you do it. Your DNA made you do it. Hallelujah. Jesus. Amen. They, 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 they get a little crossways from a bad day at work and they go off on their spouse and they come back later. Well, you know, because they can't just say that they're sorry because that would be taking responsibility. So, well, honey, the devil made me do it. The devil did not make you do it. He don't have the power to make you do it. God. Amen. Do, do you know why this is so dangerous? This is what the Lord dealt with me about tonight. Why this, this idea that every wrong you commit, the devil made you do it. Why this is so bad is because the devil made me do it makes you the victim. Amen. I mean, you, you don't honestly believe that, that, that I am base enough to have done something like that, do you? I mean, the devil made me do it. No, the devil didn't make you do it. You, you are like the great apostle Paul. Oh, wretched man that I am. God. The reason I change it to oh, wretched devil that he is is because that's how the American churchgoer likes to paint it in their mind to make themselves feel better. Like, well, you know, the reason I did that was just the devil made me do it. No, the devil didn't make you do it. The reason you did it is because you hadn't prayed and crucified. You hadn't crucified your flesh on the altar. Oh. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Jesus, help me to preach this tonight. Let me tell you one mentality that never, ever, ever was intended to be in the apostolic church. And it's the victim mentality. Amen. Come on, I, I got too many scriptures like, you are more than conquerors through Christ. Hey, he didn't say that to people on their best day. 
He said in the valleys and, and distresses and persecutions and famines. No, I'm not giving up. I'm not a victim of a circumstance. I'm more than a conqueror. Amen. We got to get the victim mentality out. Now, here, here's let, let, let's go into a little bit more deception that Satan puts on this. Because if, if you paint it like I just painted it, the victim mentality, everybody, oh, no. That, I mean, that, 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 ain't, that ain't how I do. No, I just, you know, I've been through some hard stuff and, and, and a little bit of extra compassion would, would help. Let me tell you something. A little bit of extra compassion would help people even that hadn't been in bad stuff. And the church, the church, the spirit of love that God gave to us is to be compassionate. Amen. He said, weep with those that weep. Amen. You know, there's times where, where compassion and empathy is the name of the game. Amen. But the victim mentality was never intended to take root in the apostolic church. And this is why. This is why. You, you, see, the deal is, is that people don't see it like this. They just think, well, I've been through bad stuff. And so, so you know, I, I just, I need a little extra leniency for, you know, I'm, I may act like this or I may act. You may. And I'll give you compassion. But the problem with you perceiving yourself as a victim is that a victim's moral ground can never be questioned. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I'm just going to plow through some, some lies that, that, have, that have crept into the apostolic church. Amen. There are people, you've been through horrific things, and, and, and it, it literally breaks my heart to even think about the life that some people have had. But you know what? The day that you walked into an apostolic church, and you repented of your sins, and you were... God, help me right now. You were baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Can I, can I give you some scripture? And we apply it across the entire spectrum. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Okay? That means, that means everything died. So, so if you don't want to carry the wretched sinner that you were every single day, then don't carry the wretched past that you have that makes you look a little bit better every day. Because it all died. Oh, Jesus. I, I want you to understand I'm, I'm not trying to, to be hurtful in any way. But this is a device of Satan. And it is robbing you. You hear me? It is robbing you of fulfillment and purpose in life. Amen. Because when you perceive yourself as a victim, then nobody can question your intentions, your morality. I I'm a victim. But when you understand, oh, wretched man that I am, and the devil didn't make me do it. It said, I, I, you, you hear this? I let 
my flesh get the best of me. Then you go from the victim to the perpetrator. That's, that's why you don't want to think of it this way. But here's the thing. There's things in your spirit that need to be rooted out. And as long as you're the untouchable moral high ground of victim, then you'll never allow that stuff to be rooted out. But when you say, you know what, I've been through some really wretched stuff, and it does kind of affect the way that you get this, I act, but it's still me. I don't have to act like that. I don't have to think like that. I don't have I don't have to talk like that. I don't have to walk like that. Come on, I want somebody to get the victory tonight. I want you Because when you start taking personal responsibility, no, I'm not telling you to take personal responsibility for something that somebody else did to you 20 or 30 years ago. That's, That's not you. But if today you let it affect the way that you talk and the way that you walk and the way that you act, that is you. Amen. Amen. And, and, and the Holy Ghost wants to help you. The Holy Ghost wants to free you from that. The Holy Ghost wants that pain. And, and, and that, that, God, help us tonight. He, he wants that bitterness to die in you. And, and he wants to root it out of you. He wants you to have joy. And he wants you to have peace. And, But you'll never change something that ain't your fault. Well, you just thought you weren't going to get a message like your pastor would preach, didn't you? Oh, Jesus. Amen. The first step to fixing a problem is admitting you got one. Amen. Oh, Jesus. I can say, well, I, you know, I'm just a little edgy. The way I deal with people because, you know, I've, people have said stuff about me before. They have said stuff about me before. They may be saying stuff about me right now, texting back and forth. Hey Amen. But you know what? I don't care. You know why I don't care? Because what you think about me doesn't determine whether or not I make it to heaven. But what he thinks about me does determine whether or not I make it to heaven. And it may sound like a valid excuse to you if I smart off to somebody and, well, you know, somebody said something hurt me, so I've just got a little bit of a wall up. But I'll tell you, that ain't an excuse to Almighty God that's standing there like, why don't you just come to me and I can heal you of that? 
don't you just talk to me and let me root that out of you? Amen. You know, really, I just want to be pleasing to God. You can love me, you can hate me, you can be indifferent about it. I want you to see something. Do you have your Bible tonight? Amen. Have you have your Bible? Raise up your Bible. Amen. Did you know that at the end of time, at the, the great white throne judgment, the Bible says the books will be opened. Okay. Not the opinions. He didn't say that the inquirer would be opened. And what all your haters thought about you will determine whether or not you make it. He said the books will be opened. And so you know what? When I get up in the morning, I'm not walking based off of how I think you think about me. Or what I think you're saying about me or what you may be saying. I may know you're saying it. I don't know. I, I, I'm saying this, but I don't know if anybody said anything about me. I think y'all love me. Amen. I don't even come around enough for y'all to not like me. Amen. When I get up in the morning and I go about my day, I'm making sure that if today is the day where my number gets pulled and this book gets opened... That this book is going to testify, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. Amen. God help us. You've got to, you've got to take personal responsibility. For who you are and how you act. Amen. There are situations that will try their best to mold and shape your activity and response to everything that happens in your life. And very often, especially if you aren't born in church and and, and raised around good people of God, if you were born in in a wretched situation... Many, many times those situations are absolutely horrific, okay? I understand that. But there is a potter, okay? And the potter in the book of Jeremiah is not what happened to you when you were five. And it's not what they said about you when you were trying to accept the call to whatever God was wanting you to do. And it's not the way they acted towards you When you started trying to get your life together. That's not the potter. The potter is Jesus Christ. Amen. And so if you're going to be shaped by anything. Why don't you put yourself on the wheel. And allow almighty God to shape you. Why don't you strive 
This is, I'm still striving, okay? just want y'all to know. Why don't you strive that when you're going 65 miles an hour down Highway 70 South to Glenwood, and somebody's on their way to Dollar General. Now, y'all may not know this struggle, but there's three people that will, I promise. And there's somebody pulling out by Piercy Mall, and they're only going to Dollar General. It's 200 yards. And they don't plan to get above 20 miles an hour to get there. And they pull out in front of you. Why don't you strive when everything inside of you wants to absolutely fly off the handle into a rage? Why don't you strive to... gets to going off at work and used to you to give him peace of your mind you just sit there and you're sweating everything inside of you is crawling but you're telling yourself Jesus I'm not going to act like myself today come on I'm having fun right now Jesus I'm not going to act like my DNA today Jesus, I'm not going to act like I did before you filled me with the Holy Ghost today. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Can we bring it a little closer to home? When, when you come into church and you're not the one starting the service, Well, I saw that service starter. He cut his eyes at me like, do you see that I'm up here and you're not? <laughs> or when sister so-and-so got the solo instead of you. And, and, and you know, they, they used to sit right beside me. And then one night the kids were being a little loud. And I, I saw them looking and then they moved to the other side of the church. They just don't like us anymore. Why don't you just get it in your spirit that God, you know, really, instead of being like that, you know, this is who I've always been. You know, you know who I'm trying to be? I'm trying to be who I've not always been. Amen. You know, my greatest victories of every day is when the same thing happens that would have happened 10 years ago and I don't respond the same way. And I say, thank you, Jesus. 
takes a good dose of personal responsibility. Amen. Well, you just don't know where I came from. I may. Amen. And if I don't, I bet you somebody else in the church does. You know what? Why, 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 don't, we, why don't we form a different phrase? You ready? When, when you've acted according to the Word of God and the Spirit of God, because you've been praying, instead of saying, well, you, you, don't, know, you don't know who you know, where I've been. Maybe, maybe we, could, we could act in such a manner that we say, I'm acting this way because of where I've been. I want to be so full of love that everybody knows where I've been. They know that boy had a prayer meeting today. Oh, Jesus. The Holy Ghost is ministering to people right now in this house. Come on, the devil's, the devil's used a device for far too long that, that you, you've let it get in your mind that everything about you is because the devil is, is somehow manipulating your life or whatever. It's time for you to take personal responsibility that this, this flesh is wretched. Amen. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 7, he said, I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. I want to ask you a question. You think you're a better person than the Apostle Paul? Because I don't. And he said, in my flesh, there is nothing good. But you know the beauty of this? Is that even though the flesh is ever present, it's also crucifiable. Because they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with its affections and its lust. Amen. Paul said, mortify the deeds of your body. What does mortify mean? It means kill. You know where you kill the flesh? Where did they kill sacrifices in the Old Testament? On the altar. Oh, God, help us. Well, that's just a little bit too much. Let's go to something else. Okay. James chapter 4, he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace in the humble. Okay, here we go. Submit yourselves. Therefore, to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Okay, that's easier. That's easier than crucifying the flesh. I get to submit to God and resist the devil and he's got to run. Okay, we're good. Let me give you something really interesting. You ready? Amen. The word, the word submit there is used in another scripture, Romans chapter 8, verse 6. 
For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. You know what that is? That's your fleshly thinking. Okay? The carnal mind is enmity. It is literally contention against God. For it is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. The fleshly mind can not be subject to the law of God. Okay? Did you know the word subject there? Is the same Greek word as submit and submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now, I've long said, I've long said, the Bible says what it means and it means what it says. And when it puts things in a certain order, they're there on purpose. Okay? So when he said, submit yourselves therefore unto God, and then resist the devil, then that's the order in which they must be done. Submission comes first, then resistance. Okay? But here's the deal. If the carnal mind can not submit to the law of God, then the carnal mind has to die before you can submit to God. Here we go. We're right back to square one. You have to crucify the flesh in order to submit to God. Amen. Okay. You ready? So then they that are in the flesh can not please God. The name of Jesus. Okay. Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the devil, boy, he's just wretched. No, what does the Bible say? But the flesh is weak. Amen. Can, can, can I put something here? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The not entering into temptation is not about the devil. It's about your flesh. So when temptation comes and you succumb to it, you can't say the devil made me do it. Because it was your flesh that was weak. So I'm here to tell you the devil didn't make you do it. Let's go a little bit further. James chapter 1. But every man is tempted. When the devil creeps in and starts talking in his ear. No. He's tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust. And enticed. Tempt oh, God help me. Are you ready? Temptation doesn't even start with the devil. It starts with your flesh. So watch and pray that you enter not into temptation 
was not coming to pray, God, don't let the devil get anywhere near me today. God, don't let the devil take over today. God, don't let the devil do this today. God, don't let the devil overpower me today. No, you watch and pray and crucify the flesh because if the flesh is dead, temptation has no place. Okay. Amen. I'm almost done, I promise. I preached in Brazil. Time gets away from, I guess it was like four weeks ago now or something. Amen. I preached, I preached a youth conference. And the whole theme of the youth conference was the battle. Okay? Everybody say the battle. Okay. And so, as I prayed, and, and I mean I prayed and I fasted about this conference. And I, I, I really, really sought the mind of God. And the Lord gave me a really, 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 really deep revelation to preach about the doctrine of Balaam and and, and, and he helped me to deliver it and all these things. But the thing that the Lord dealt me about, the, the, the thing was the battle, okay? But a battle cannot be fought if you cannot identify the enemy. And so, I'm going to help you tonight to win the battle by identifying the enemy. Because there's way too many people come in. And yes, Satan is our adversary. Okay? He is against us. Okay? For your adversary as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. I understand that. He is an adversary to us. But, I've got some scripture for you. And I told them in Brazil. I said, if you're going to win the battle, you have to know who you're fighting against. So I'm going to close with this. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. This is the great apostle Paul again that said, O wretched man that I am, who shall free me from the body? Everybody say the body. The body of this death. Amen. He says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate. Okay. When you're trying to master something, you have to have self-control. You don't have to be able to control the devil. You have to be able to control yourself. Here's a novel idea. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Self-control. Amen. They are temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. We're fighting for something so much more important than they're fighting for. Amen. Paul said, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I. Everybody say, fight I. So fight I, not as one that beateth the air. He said, I'm in a fight. But I ain't swinging at the air. You know what you do? When you don't have your flesh under control. And you come praying against spirits that are coming against you. 
You're swinging at the air. You take the word of God. I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. And, and you can't bridle your tongue. You're swinging at the air. He said, we're in a fight. But I'm not fighting against the air. I'm not running, not knowing where I'm running. And I'm not fighting, not knowing who I'm fighting. Oh, Jesus. So what did he say? Oh, but I wrangle that old devil into a corner. And I hog time every morning. And he don't get no place in my life. No. He said, not as one that fighteth or, or, or that beateth the air. He said, but, but I keep under my body. God help us. Oh, I, I, I'm gonna preach for just a little while. Let's let's switch some words around so that so that this makes more sense to us, okay? Because it's old English and don't quite make sense to us. Okay, but I keep my body under. Okay, would be more understandable to us. What is, what is, what is being painted here? Literally, it is, like, it is like a submission move by a fighter. He said, I, I, I keep my body in a stranglehold on the ground. Well, that sounds a little violent. Yeah, because you got to kill it in order to live right. And bring it, that is my body, into subjection. The word subjection here is used one time in the entire scripture. This word is not used anywhere else in the Bible. It's, only, it's, it's a compound word of two Greek words that are used elsewhere in the scripture, but they're put together in this context, and they're found elsewhere in literary writings. And do you know what it means? I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm just telling you what it means. This, and bring it into subjection, literally means I make my body my slave. It is the connotation of a taskmaster, a brutal owner of something that it does not respect. Paul said, you want to know how? You want to know how I'm going to make it to the end? Because what he immediately follows with is, is lest by any means, after I preach to others, I myself should become a castaway. He said, I do this so that I don't end up lost. He says, I go to war. Stand together. He says, I go to war. And I know exactly what I'm fighting against. I am fighting against my own flesh. And I'm not fighting fair. There, there's, okay. If you read other renderings of this scripture... It literally says, is somebody coming to help me on the piano? 
Amen. The Bible literally says in, in, this, in this context, Paul would write, but I buffet my body and bring it into subjection. That means that he literally takes his flesh. And I, I'll just say it like this. When you get up every morning, because the flesh is like a cat multiplied. It has more than nine lives. It has, oh, the flesh is probably the greatest, the greatest epitome of revival in our world. You can kill it at eight o'clock in the morning, it could be a lie by 12. You can kill it again by 12, somebody say something sideways to you at six, and it'll come right back to life. Amen. The flesh of humanity is the most revivable. <laughs> oh my goodness. This is why it's so important to pray. Because if you're going to be saved, you got to keep it dead. The Apostle Paul, I'm in a fight. Listen, I'm not confused about what I'm fighting against. I don't come into the church in the name of Jesus. I rebuke you, Satan, today. You know what I do? This, this is just me personally. You know what I rebuke before I ever rebuke any spirit of whatever? I say, flesh of Darren Motes, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. What did, what did Paul say when he was talking to the, the, of the other Israelites? And he, he begins to boast, but he's saying it's, it's foolish. And, and he said, you know, if, if, they're, if they're doers of the law, I'm more so. If they, you know, you know, if they think they're something, I'm more than they are. And, you know, he goes through a whole list of things given his pedigree. He said, I'm on the stock of Benjamin, you know, Pharisee, trained at feet of Gamaliel. I mean, if they, if, they really, if they really want to cross swords, I'm better than they are. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this apostolic church style, 2023. You ready? You got a sharp tongue? I promise you mine can be sharper. You think you can wake up on the wrong side of the bed? I promise you. I could wake up more on the wrong side of the bed than you could. Yeah. You think you can be hateful and, 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 and slide in some just whoo, venom on Facebook? I promise you, I could outdo you. <laughs> this, this, is, this is the Apostle Paul carnal version, okay? You got problems? There's other people that got problems. Probably worse than your problems. But you know what we you know what we do? You, you know why? This this is a saying of my dad. He, there was something said about somebody. And and I was it was somebody dating somebody else. And this was a long time ago, just so y'all know. And uh, so we're not talking about the current situation. And I just made the statement, I was like, nobody really cares for her. Like this guy, everybody loves this guy, nobody really cares for her. And my dad, he made a statement that stuck with me forever. He said, he said, 
Nobody likes me before I pray anyway. Like, a prayer meeting can make anybody lovable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amen. Did you know that, that a prayer meeting can duel that sharp tongue of yours? You know it can blunt that edge in your attitude. You know it can, it can curb that desire, that youthful lust. You, you know, the Holy Ghost, when, when used to, venom would flow from your lips. Like beautiful art. It can cause sweetness to flow from you. And where you used to be a divider and a cutter and critical... You can be an encourager. I want to be an encourager. You know what it takes, though, to get to that point? It don't take you. There ain't no devil making you talk like that. It's your rotten flesh. There's no spirit that, you know, you you wake up in the morning and, and you go to get out of bed on the right side of the bed and it pushes you out on the wrong side of the bed. Ain't no devil doing that. It's your flesh. The devil didn't make you do it. Your flesh made you. And so I've preached just over an hour to come all the way back to this point. Church, If you're going to be who God needs you to be. And really who you want to be. If you're going to be the person that everybody in the church loves. You know, and and you hate somebody else across the way because everybody loves them. Well, why, why does everybody love them? Why does everybody want to hang out with them? Why does everybody want to spend time with them? I'd venture to say because they're. Like K-Love, positive and encouraging. Did you know that if, if you would crucify your critical vein and your edgy DNA, that everybody would want to hang out with you too? I'm just saying. So we come full circle to say that we've identified the enemy. Who's the enemy? It's your flesh. It's you. Yeah. You're not the victim. You're the perpetrator. So we've identified the enemy. Now how do we defeat it? You crucify it. On an altar. Not just on Sunday morning or Sunday night. Or by the help of God, you do it Sunday morning and Sunday night. And then maybe you make it to Monday night. Drag yourself into Tuesday night. But no, on Wednesday, you find yourself a place to crucify your flesh. You know, I'm telling you, there's days, there's days where I come to prayer and, and, and things are happening and I want to say things and, 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 and I just say, Darren Motes, you're not going to be Darren Motes today. I ain't doing it. And I think everybody likes me now. 
But I promise you, if I quit praying, you wouldn't like me. And so I'm just telling you, you've got to identify the enemy. If you want to make it to heaven and, and, and live the best life you can getting there, identify the enemy. It's the flesh and crucify it every single day. Why don't we lift up our hands right now all over this house? Come on, the Lord has dealt with people during this message about things you need to crucify in your walk right now and in your talk. Come on, why don't you find yourself a place to pray? Let's, let's have a moment of crucifixion. Come on, we're going to fight against the flesh right now. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, mighty God. Come on, why don't you take a few minutes and pray right now? There's nowhere more important for you to be. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, oh mighty God, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, why don't you cry into the Lord right now? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh.